missed his chances. Oh, brilliant goal! A brilliant goal! Remember the name, Wayne Rooney. Pirlo, 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 ancora, Pirlo, di tacco, tiro, Episode 7, Footy Fans Podcast, the boys are back, Andrew Santo and Joe. We had a much-anticipated weekend of footy coming up this week, and it did not disappoint, boys. No, it was uh, definitely, I think, the most exciting week so far, and we had a lot to talk about. Tons. Um, yeah, I mean, from from big matches to surprise matches to just really competitive matches all around uh, across the league, there was uh, tons to talk about. Obviously, the big one, City and Chelsea. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was the most entertaining of games. Yeah, in terms of like chances and yeah. kind of end-to-end like big things happening. But yeah, just solid performance by City overall, right? Yeah, it was a pretty solid midfield battle, I think, for the most part. And like you said, the chances are few and far between from both uh, both sides. But I mean, obviously City did capitalize when they had the chance to. And Chelsea was, um, they were thwarted. Thwarted many times by uh, <laughs> by the city city defense and midfield. I mean, it was a class a class effort from them. Pep obviously had his boys prepared for this one. Yeah, um, they just couldn't get anything going from the Chelsea uh, perspective. No, I think it it was a lot like what we've experienced Chelsea do to City um, uh, recently. I mean, every time I've seen Chelsea play City since uh, Tuchel took over, it's just been real domination from a Chelsea perspective and he just always seemed to have Pep's number. But on this occasion, I don't know what really happened, but Chelsea had nothing. And, you know, we talked about it before where, um, Lukaku was just a pylon really. And a spectator for a lot was going on and they just couldn't get him any service and couldn't really be Lukaku during the game. I think that's, I don't know if, well, he probably did plan this, but I think Pep's focus maybe was like prevent Chelsea from playing their game. Um, versus, you know, maybe the other encounters where, like, hey, we're going to go out, play our game, and, like, we'll beat them. I think this, especially with the way they were pressing, they're like, hey, we got to, like, stop their, you know, stop their momentum, stop whatever they're trying to do. And then from there, they were, like, building on it. Yeah, that's a good point. Because most games, like, City would be uh, the the aggressor, maybe, if that makes sense. Yeah. Or, like, when it comes to the pace of play. Mm-hmm. Or when it comes to, like, the game plans. Like, City always has their game plan. And usually teams have to adjust to them. But I feel like, like in this game, you're right. City might have actually adjusted to how Chelsea plays more, just to be able to lock down that midfield. Because if you give Lukaku the service that he requires, mm-hmm. he's going to convert. Mm-hmm. You know, you give him five chances, he's going to score at least one. Yeah, maybe even two. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And you know, obviously, we're never going to know what Pep's like full in depth game plan was going in, but. I kind of I kind of like seeing that where you know Tuchel's had his number for what the last four encounters they've had in these big matches 
and you know, new season comes along and he just has his number right at the start and we'll yeah. see if it continues um in the second um encounter between these two later in the year. Yeah, we'll have to see. One thing I'm concerned about Chelsea, like if they can't find a way to get Lukaku in big games, that might be something that, you know, stops them from winning the league. We'll have to see. Yeah, so in this one he started Lukaku and Werner up top together, which I think was a the first time this year that they've done that. Um, it was Werner's first start of the season. He did make a FA Cup appearance, or sorry, a Carabao Cup appearance right. earlier in the week against um, Aston Villa, which they actually won and mm-hmm. he scored. Um, Trying to get the lineup here. I'm uh, curious why. Yeah, so sorry, he started two up top. He started Lukaku and Werner up top, which Tuchel basically, since he's been there, has he's had one striker. Yeah. Whether it's a false nine player like Havertz or Werner, it's been mainly a one striker up top and then since Lukaku's been there he's been the main target guy and they have three guys drop behind him where it's yeah. usually either Mason Mount or um, Havertz or Zayed or Hudson Odoi but this game he just loaded up the midfield played mm-hmm. his five across the middle with the two wing backs being able to drop back and Reese James and Marcus Alonso but I don't, I don't know why he maybe he was just maybe scared of the way that City is going to come at them and play because I don't think City changed their formation no, I've they've never, always rocked the four three three. Never seen Pep changes four three three ever. So I think by Tuchel, kind of breaking a little bit maybe in his, um, I don't know, like his consistent way of starting the lineup. Mm-hmm. Maybe that did show a weakness in him, and maybe he said, "Okay, maybe I am a little bit scared of City here and what they're going to do." So he maybe broke first and said, "Okay, we're going to adjust our game plan to what City does." But then by doing that, they hurt themselves going forward. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like I said, Tuchel's had Pep's number last four encounters, so I'm not sure why he would want to change uh, his really game plan going forward of all the times they played against each other. But evidently, in this case it didn't really work out. Um, but obviously, it's easy for us to say after, yeah, after we watched the game. Yeah, if they would have won the game, would have been like, oh, it would have been like, what a smart great. play by Tuchel, yeah, you know, brilliant play um, by Tuchel, right? <laughs> but it's tough, you know, if, like you said, if they played City three or four times they won all of them. I don't know why he... Because I believe Chelsea played a 4-3-3 those matches as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because um, they never so, had one guy up top being like a center fo- uh, center focus point. Yeah. So they did play three at the top with usually the center player being more of like a, like a roller, yeah. like a false nine. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. It would be great to hear what Tuchel's plan was. Playing Lukaku and Werner at the same time. But well, you took the starting lineup right here. There's no creativity in that midfield. That's what I was that was my other point. They you know, yeah, you have Jorginho who can pick a pass, Kovacic as well. But it's tough. You need that number. I it's very tough to play against good teams without that number ten. You know? Yeah. Like, like creative force. Yeah. Somewhere. You know, it's gotta come from somewhere. You just got like three solid guys who mm-hmm. you know are really good defensively. Obviously they're good going forward, but you don't have like a Kevin De Bruyne mm-hmm. version of someone on Chelsea to really create stuff for you. Yeah, yeah. I'm not totally sure why Mason Mount wasn't available for this match. Is he injured? Mount, is that what Mount it was? and Pulisic. Okay, yeah, Pulisic is that injury is starting to feel more serious mm-hmm. than first thought. Yeah, because he's starting to miss more and more weeks, and I don't think he's I don't think he's even back training yet. Yeah, so that's kind of a concern for them because he's obviously one player that can um, change yeah. the game for them. Who they have on the bench? I'm curious. Is like is maybe that was the reason, unless Zayich and Havertz, um, Hudson Odoi, Zayich, yeah. Havertz came on. I mean, later they could have. 
Yeah. I thought Havertz would start this game. I yeah. don't know why he wouldn't. Havertz has been playing well. I mean, I would have went with a four, especially at home. You know, but they, they played. A, this is a very conservative lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or yeah, with five defenders. Yeah, it's huge. Um, like I said, like Werner didn't really like he ran around a lot. <laughs> Give him that credit. <laughs> but I mean, he didn't really produce much. Yeah, and I mean, this is obviously the biggest game that Lukaku has played so far for Chelsea, the most high-profile match, and mm-hmm. he didn't live up to his his billing. Yeah. Not total fault of his own, like we said before. Yeah. Like the service, like if you have no service as a striker, like what can you do? Yeah, especially when when cities having the possession they usually have. Exactly. What are you supposed to do? Right, you're just really running around and 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 from the first, you know, from the jump of this match, like Chelsea had no time on the ball. Mm-hmm. And one thing I noticed too was that both sides were pressing when, um, like, when the back line, like when the defenders or the goalkeeper had the ball, both sides were pressing really hard. But with City. They almost like were like, almost like man marking mm-hmm. ten players on the field. Like, yeah. It was wild. Like I mean, like usually you know you're told to like keep your shape, keep your form, like when you're defending. But and they play more of like a zonal defense. But City was literally like marking player for player. Yeah. And like they sent one guy on the goalkeeper every single time. Like Mendy had to like you know kick the ball away pretty quick sometimes. And on the flip side, when Chelsea was pressing City, they didn't get as far as the back line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't really put more like put a lot of pressure on um on the port or diaz yeah they kind of stayed like ahead of them a little bit and played more like midfield pressure but when city was pressing it mm-hmm. was like they're on rudiger they're on christensen yeah as with the quota mendy had to get the ball away quick and turn the ball over sometimes and put it out and uh, put it out of play and that seemed to hurt chelsea and like that's kind of like yeah. a newer style like i think liverpool really adopted that a couple seasons ago under Klopp, mm-hmm. yeah. like the high press which we don't see, which we don't see normally from like a top side. Usually, that's more of like a bottom side thing. Yeah. To try and gain possession back, but there was time after time where, like I said, Mendy kicked it away or Aspilicueta kicked it away. Um, I think Marcus Alonso had like a howler of a game. Like yeah. I think he like he was caught in a position sometimes. He seemed like a little bit weary on the ball, a bit weak on the ball. Um, he turned it over a few times that kind of cost them or could have cost them. Uh, if City would have converted more chances. Yeah. And he wasn't able to get forward, and that's credit to obviously Pep and the way that he set yeah. up his team. Yeah, and that's the danger with a three-five-two. If the other team's pressing well, your wing backs almost have no chance to get up the field. I can't remember uh, Reese James and Alonso getting up the field. So if you're playing against a team that knows how to press, you're basically playing with like a flat five. Yeah, and, and also, you're not going to get forward. You're no, it was stuck. it was hard to watch, honestly. Yeah. And I think you know a lot of it does go to credit. Um, to how City do work it out of the back because a lot of times they want a team to press, which I think, you know, we talked about before with Ederson. He doesn't get, I don't think he gets a lot of the credit that he deserves, even though he does still get a lot of credit. I think um, a lot of it has to go down to him and how City basically invites his high press from other teams just so they can work it out of the back almost seamlessly, you know, 90% of the time. And then they're, they're basically on a counterattack with this team just from maintaining possession in their own third. So maybe Tuchel was really weary of that and maybe gave instruction to his players not to do that high press on Ederson and uh, Diaz just so they wouldn't get caught out um, on like that uh, on that counter from City. Well, I think that's... <laughs> And that's one we always talk about it, how teams just start pressing from the back. And a lot of people don't know why teams are pressing. And sometimes they don't even know why they're playing out of the back. But it's so dangerous if you don't have good center backs and a keeper that can see a pass. Like you watch City play. 
how many times does the player press Ederson? Almost never. Because they're like, if I go press him, he can easily see a pass right by me. So they almost don't even try to. And that be my, that might be why like Chelsea didn't do that. But in yeah. doing so, you're giving them so much time. I know. Right? I know. There were so many times you just saw, saw like a 20-yard pass just to like in the midfield. Yeah, like and a player like Werner would like approach either Diaz or like Walker if he had the ball. But then as soon as they went back to Ederson, they just backed off. Yeah. When yeah. It, on the flip side, if it was Azpilicueta playing it back to Mendy, mm-hmm. Gabriel Jesus was like mm-hmm. on his ass. Like he just yeah. continued his run. And like Mendy would just kick it away and like either yeah. turn possession over or get lucky maybe mm-hmm. and yeah. be able to go from the back. Well, because they know like from Chelsea's perspective, they're just going to kick it up and City's going to get possession again. So they know that press is going to be worth it and then they can relax in possession. Whereas if you have, you know, a player pressing Ederson and you have two players pressing your center backs or your D, Ederson's going to make one pass and take four of your players out of the game and then you're, you're toast. Yeah, if, if you just look at the... The uh, game stats right here, 15 shots to five in favor of City, four on target, none for Chelsea. Possession, not even close, 59 to 41. <laughs> Passes for City, almost doubled or almost by 200 more. Yeah. Um, And corners, the other big one, 13 to four in favor of City. Mm-hmm. So in every attacking statistical way, yeah. City outplayed Chelsea in this game. And it also showed during the match. It wasn't just numbers. Um, yeah. It was a big disconnect in the game there. Yeah, I, I think it just boils down to Tuchel being very conservative this game. Um, I think Havertz, again, he probably could have and should have started. Uh, I thought it was strange that he did put two strikers up top for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't work out at all. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I think Werner, he dropped back a little bit more and Lukaku might have played like a high line. But Werner didn't really get service either. Like yeah. he might have, maybe they're trying to use him as like as the, the link between the midfielders and the in the forward. Yeah, but it just didn't work out. I mean, he got swarmed whenever he had the ball as well. So, I mean, kudos to Pep and and the squad. Um, they obviously had a goal out there. They obviously spent a lot of time on the training ground prepping for this match, and they did it to perfection. I yeah. mean, the goal wasn't the greatest. I'll say that. I know? mean, they could have. It could have been more. It could have. Yeah. You know. I mean, Chelsea maybe had like one chance to score. Right. Like, it wasn't, I mean, I kind of can't remember, to be honest, but, like, because mm-hmm. there's such little chances. But maybe they could have scored one somehow, but then City easily could have scored three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this game, this game's uh, scoreline could have been way different. Um, ends up being 1-0. Gabriel Jesus scoring off a deflection. Um, cheeky little turn at the yeah. top of the 18. Honestly, um, didn't didn't think he had a lot of options there, but... No, he was swarmed, too. <laughs> off Silva, unlucky, and... Finds the back of the net. Yeah, it's unlucky for Mendy, who's actually had a really good start to the season. Um, even Kepa, too. You guys see Kepa playing the last couple of games for Chelsea? Uh, well, I've seen that he has been playing. But... Boys. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not I'm not saying he's going to start fighting for the top spot here, but <laughs> he's not doing that he's solid, not doing that Solid bad. number two option. Not doing that Kepa. bad. Right, $80 million. He better do pretty yeah, good. Yeah, he's got to start showing something or... <laughs> they're gonna get a loss for that signing uh so with that uh with that victory city actually went to the top of the table up until the liverpool match that took place later on the game well later howler. on the day sorry howler um <laughs> yeah liverpool 3-3 draw against brentford against newly promoted brentford brentford might have a like, heck of a season right now boys is brentford the new leicester city well, <laughs> well got, I think they got some, promotion and just start getting results. First, they got to get to the top of the table. Then they got to stay yeah, there. Yeah, they got to stay there for Christmas. Yeah, they're yeah. ninth. 
I mean, top 10 for yeah. a new promoted side. Nothing to slow down. I mean, probably not. I mean, the year Leicester won, no, like, obviously, no disrespect to Leicester. That was a crazy season. Did they Did they get promoted, then win? Or they, they got they promoted, promoted, stayed? Almost got relegated, then won. Okay. And they were kind of, because everyone was having, like, a tear, like, for whatever reason, Arsenal, that's when their decline started. City had a terrible year. Liverpool had a terrible year. I think that, what that when, Pep's first season? how much did they win the that league Pep's, by? Pep's first season. That was Pep's first season. Yeah, he had a stinker. It was like season. the yeah. it was the perfect storm for Leicester because I think they only won with eighty six points. I think it was. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the lowest, if not one of the lowest, uh, yeah, a teams ever won the. Premier David Moyes' first season. It with United, uh, or is that Van Gaal? I. That was a long time ago. I well, think I want to say I mean, it feels like it was ten years ago. It was, it was only like five or something. <laughs> no, I th- I want to say I th- I want to say it was Moyes. Who? But it could have been Van Gogh. Saying uh, United's manager when Leicester won. When Leicester won. I'm checking right now. But yeah, I mean it. It was funny because I I was actually looking into it a little bit. Um. And just with the players that Leicester recruited, and. Kind of just the form they were in, eighty-one, and points. how like poor everyone was doing. It was like Joe was saying; it was just like a perfect recipe for yeah. you know that Arsenal got happen. second that year. Yeah, they had eighty-one points. They drew twelve, lost. No, three. I know you're tripping. Arsenal got second. Well, yeah, it was no, crazy. It was, it was the season, season. when Man U, Liverpool, Chelsea all didn't make Champions League. That was a it was ideal for them. They're just the ones that grinded it out the hardest, obviously. Well, because it was it was neck and neck with Tottenham for a little while, and I think yeah, uh, Tottenham. Tottenham just really dropped off and went yeah. dropped some games when uh, Leicester actually won the title. So then they just dropped a little bit because I think they already secured Champions League at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know it could have been just like managerial stuff where you know Leicester won, you already make Champions League, you're gonna rest some guys and. Mm-hmm. Give some playing time to other players. Yeah, that was a wild year. Yeah, oh, that man. was. Was Pep coach of Man City then? I think I was the most yeah, committed. I, I was just seeing a team play every week. Leicester, <laughs> with Leicester, oh, we got to see. If this I was turning off. I was turning off Chelsea games to watch Leicester instead. Well, yeah, because I had to. Story. You were Chelsea was the... playing like crap. I'm like, ah, we'll finish like six. I don't yeah, care. I think I knew Crystal. they were gonna win. Not knew they were gonna win, but th- when they beat City four one. You know, that was okay. What's going on here? It's like something's happening. Yeah, I know we're getting off topic, but who was who was the Asian like striker that they o- had? O- Okazaka, o- o- Okazaki, yeah. Oh. oh, no, I can't. What was that thing in that that last one? When you say a word, it loses meaning. Oh, uh, aces, <laughs> yeah, aces, aces. No, uh, Shinji Okazaki, is that who yeah. it is? Yeah. He That's was him. sick. I know. Yeah. It was, was clockwork. He was such man. an X factor. Yeah, they were the same same lineup, thing. and then they would take him on. Okazaki no, he would. Or he would come on or something. No, he? they would. They would replace Okazaki and uh, and Vardy. Vardy. Where is he at now? Scroll down. Uh, Cartagena. I don't know. Spain. Um, Spain. And they would always take off Okazaki in like the 70th minute and toss on Ajoa. Yeah, it was Clock literally the same. It was, yeah. it was honestly the same thing every game. Same lineup. <laughs> same substitutions. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, when you're in a rhythm, when you're in a rhythm, you have to yeah. keep doing. It. I'm, you know, I'm all for you know, keep the. It's really good if you got the same guys playing, the same eleven playing, uh, week in week out. It really, really helps with the flow of what you're trying to do, no yeah. matter who you're playing. So credit to, uh, what's his name? Ranieri. Ranieri for <laughs> yeah. sticking to his guns. Like same game plan every game. I don't care who we're playing. Yeah, I mean, I, I just love watching Okazaki play. He yeah. was such a grinder. 
Mm-hmm. And he scored. He, he got goals yeah. for them too. Like timely He's, goals. He only scored 14 in his Premier League career for Leicester. But they were like 14 of like the most yeah. timeliest goals of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, it reminds me of the game when I think they were playing Norwich. And Ajoa comes on. Scores in like the ninety something minute, and I, I think it was at that point for me. I was like, "All right, something." They're happening. grinding out wins. Yeah. yeah, it was like literally everything that had to happen for them was happening. Yeah. They're scoring late goals. They were getting ninety minute garbage time wins. They were mm-hmm. like teams that around them were dropping points like crazy. Yeah. Like you said, like Chelsea and who else? Like didn't make Champions League. Yeah, United, Liverpool, Chelsea all didn't make Champions. Like League. that's <laughs> huge. I mean, for a team to to boost to that mm-hmm. level, like it just goes to show too, like a system can work. Right, yeah. I mean, it wasn't the greatest system because of like, I mean, they, they, the four counter, four they only do is counterattack. <laughs> the four four two, <laughs> like if they counterattack long ball to Vardy yeah. and scoring goals from like forty yards out. That's basically what it was, and it was the yeah. the emergence of like Riyad Mahrez too and everything, and, and Conte, uh, and Gola Conte, yeah, Mark Albright, and that was there, and obviously at the back too, Casper Schmeichel, man, he's one of my goalkeepers yeah. of like mm-hmm. the last you know decade maybe in, yeah. in EPL or last. You know, five, six, seven seasons. He's been so good for them. Yeah, very obviously solid. he's their captain now, and uh, it goes to show, like, like I said, like a system can work if you can adapt to a system and just like day in day out put the work in. It really, really pays off, and yeah, I feel yeah. like that maybe is what Brentford has been doing this season with their um, promotion to the EPL. They're playing at the system that they've had. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had some timely goals as well, and they've been able to grid out some pretty positive results against some pretty big sides. You know, we said Arsenal first week wasn't uh you know it wasn't the arsenal that we were used to right but it's still it's arsenal so for them to walk in there and you know put up uh a week one win against arsenal was pretty big for their confidence and then yeah. coming back down the stretch here against liverpool in week six and putting up a 3-3 draw well deserved yeah yeah i mean it's gonna i think coming into they got we got west ham chelsea leicester burnley and norwich uh the next five games so, another couple big matches coming up. We'll see where they're sitting after this. And then I think Christmas is going to be a big telltale sign. That's where the table really starts to take shape. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. You know, obviously, it'd be amazing to see another massive underdog mm-hmm. story happen. Um, in this case, I really think it's going to be tough for Brentford uh, to get, you know, any Europa spot or anything crazy because me and Joe were talking before how competitive everything seems this season. Mm-hmm. Like you got a lot of teams playing really well. Um, so we'll see, but shout out to Brentford for the, for the really good start. Yeah. It was the sixth time, the fewest points. It was the sixth. Like Sounded tier out. of the <laughs> fewest points to win the Premier League. Okay. Oh, when Leicester won. I think so, because it, well, it was Manchester United got 80 points twice. Wow. That's nothing. To win the <laughs> league. They also, like... <laughs> they also got... March. And who was it? They also got 79 points to win the league. Arsenal got 78, and the Man U also won. It was 75 in 1996. Jeez. Now it's like century mark and above. I know. know. Yeah. Now it's Liverpool gets 97 points, doesn't win the league. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Heartbreaking for Liverpool. Um, yeah. Just to go back to the Brentford Liverpool match, do you guys think that this was, you know, Brentford overachieving, or do you think Liverpool might have underachieved this game and they actually should have came away with a more positive result? No, I think the way Brentford played, I think it was justified. I would say because they went at them. Yeah, they you did. know credit, and I always love to see that when 
uh, team from the first division comes up and just keeps playing their game and takes it like to the big boys. And I think that's what they did. And, you know, they came out with a draw. Well, like we said before, too, like these newly promoted sides have nothing to lose because mm-hmm. they're playing with house money. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, by getting promoted, they get a huge influx of funds coming in yeah. from either winning Division 1 or from getting promoted. I forget how it actually works. I don't know if they get money from Division 1 or if they get money from the EPL. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, sure how that I'm works. I'm not sure how that goes. Let me, but, let me get to look up, actually. But um, just to sustain your spot in the Premier League is massive. Like, yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like like if you can place a top fifteen spot in the EPL, it's almost more money than actually winning League One. Oh yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So for Brentford to put this string of results um ahead of them this early, it's huge because I mean they could obviously slide like we don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But to get these positive results and same as Brighton, I know they were promoted last season, but I mean they're playing very very well this season. Yeah. But for them to just like stay in the Premier League, that's just money being generated year after it's year. It's huge. Yeah. Ha- and I forget who said this. I heard a commentator. He just basically said, you have to stay in the league. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. There is way too much money for you to afford to go down. You have to stay up. <laughs> but not everyone can. No. I mean, have you guys seen Sunderland yeah. the last couple of seasons? Uh, no. What happened? Well, I haven't I, seen I where they're, they're now. Just I know they're doing really bad. I they had a Netflix documentary that was put on a couple of seasons ago, where it just like followed the whole team. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how Sunderland got chose for this. Um, I think <laughs> the story. I think it was Netflix that put it on, like a Netflix mm-hmm. original series or something. Um, but they just followed Sunderland, like they went, you know, in every detail. Um, they did behind the scenes in the transfer market. They were like with like the big boss, like in his office, like during transfer deadline day and all that stuff, and they were, um going through and like showing you like the people involved in the club and like where like from the players to the management to like concession stands and people working behind the in the kitchen for the players and all that stuff. Yeah. It was really cool. It's really in depth. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they showed the fans, they went to people's houses in the fans. It was really cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. But um that season in particular, Sunderland got relegated. So it kind of sucked for them. Yeah. I think they made um I think they made an FA Cup semifinal or final. I can't remember, but they went to Wembley uh, and they lost. I figured they lost it, but they made it to Wembley, which was pretty cool for the fans, but they ended up losing. But then that year, they got relegated. And so they're like, okay, next year we'll bounce back. They got relegated from League One the next season. Like, how does that happen? So now they're in League from Two. From the championship, you mean? Yeah, so I keep calling yeah. it League One championship. Championship. Yeah. So, yeah, they're in League One right now. So, yeah, it goes EPL, championship, championship League, League one. one. Okay, that's what I meant. So they yeah. went, they got relegated to the championship. And they're like, okay, we'll bounce back bigger this year. We'll be back in the Premier League. Don't worry about it. League Down one. to the League One now. That's rough. Like you lose so much relegated money. from championship. Like, like where back to back seasons. Like you went from literally bad. an EPL side who's been around for yeah the longest time. Like since I've been watching football, it's been yeah. like Sunderland's always been in there. Yeah, I've never not. They seen haven't done there. very good. Yeah, but Sunderland's always been part of the EPL. You drop to championship and then right away to League One. Yeah, like I don't know how that. Like would you're just happen. cutting your your funds mm-hmm. like every single time, right? Yeah, and like clearly you can't charge EPL money. For no. a League One fixture against Wickham County, I don't even know. Like so, yeah, Warcam, I, I don't even know who's there. Um, yeah, I mean, I wonder how many players left. That too, right? You know, it's it's you know, it's the hardest thing ever, right? You you get relegated, all your players. Well, I would say most of your players probably want to leave. Um, then so you're you basically have the caliber of a of a championship side at that point. 
So really, it's just your name and maybe a few of really committed players that are that are staying with you. And then, obviously, in this case, you get relegated and you have players leave again. And they have one of the sweetest stadiums, too. The Stadium of Light. I know. Oh, it's like the best One of the name. best names, one of the nicest stadiums, too, in England. And, I mean, I don't know if they're going to pack full capacity for League One matches. Yeah, that's tough. Um, and, two, he, like also, he was like, a huge rivalry with Newcastle being their closest neighbors. Yeah. Um, we're way off topic now. Well, no, I mean, but... <laughs> just looking in, Sunderland right now is sitting second in Yeah, the I did check that actually recently. League One table tied 19 points with Wigan Athletic. That's a name you haven't Wigan, heard of that's in another a while. one. Yeah, I saw them. Another, the uh, Bolton yeah. and Portsmouth. And, wow. Portsmouth, that's another Portsmouth team. I've, I've heard them for a long time. David James. Oh, or, yeah. yeah, David James, the goalkeeper. Yeah. Portsmouth and Tottenham. And then Bolton, when the days of uh, Anelka. Nicholas Anelka. Anelka before the Chelsea move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like another life. Yeah, actually. Oh, man. So, yeah, hopefully... Wigan, <laughs> coming back. Hopefully Sunderland can uh, find a way back into the EPL because they're just another one of those names that we haven't seen there um, along with Wigan. So with this Brentford-Liverpool result, if Liverpool would have came away with the win then they would have gone way ahead of, well, not way ahead, but they would have gone significantly significantly ahead of City and Chelsea. Yeah. Um, City, by winning their match against Chelsea, climbed to the same amount of points. Um, goal differential is one higher than Chelsea, so they did move into second place. We did expect Liverpool to maybe get the win here yep. and get a full three points ahead of second place Chelsea and City. And we thought also that United might climb ahead of Chelsea and City. Yeah. But clearly that was not the case as they dropped 2-1 to, uh, Aston, Villa. to Aston Villa. I mean, I feel like I put in the notes here. I feel like I've been watching tons of Villa and West Ham yeah. uh, the last couple of weeks just because they've been playing like a lot of high profile games. Yeah. Like Chelsea obviously played West Ham rec- or played Aston Villa recently. Um, United played West Ham, I think, in Carabao Cup or something or FA Cup, which I watched. Um, so there's tons of those games going on. Uh, for this game here, it was funny too. I was watching the Chelsea City both games be play- being played at seven thirty, the early game for us, and like they're cutting all the time to the to this match. Yeah, just to show like like big plays that happened, but they don't tell you until like, so it's I kind of like how they do it on on the zone. They cut away from the match that you're watching, but they don't tell you what happens. So they show you the actual replay, like what happens in the game. They cut away, but they don't tell you if they score. They don't tell you what it is. Okay. And they don't, they have the score at the bottom of the screen, but they don't change the score until, look, whatever right. happens in the replay yeah. happens. Yeah. So I'm cool. sitting there, I'm sitting there on the edge of my seat, I'm watching these games, and I'm like, Villa could have scored twice, but you wouldn't know. Because mm-hmm. right. they kept cutting to the game. And then finally, it wasn't until like, you know, the 88th minute yeah. that Villa finally uh, gets the win there at United or against United. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, really rough for Bruno, you know, Sky and a PK. Um, obviously, you'd expect him to score those, so he's not going to... Sh- I'm assuming his night was kind of rough <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> on Saturday. But, you know, those those are the things I, I've mentioned this, I think, a few times where Manu struggles to pick up those points, you know, that they should. These, you know, no disrespect to Villa, but n- not against the top teams, right? They got to... They got to find that consistency that Sir Alex brought way back when, when they would win all the games you'd expect them to win. It's, it's really those make or break games against the top sides where mm-hmm. it really comes down to it. Because if you're dropping points 
to the lower level teams, you're never going to expect to win the EPL. Yeah. And I think I was thinking about this, like, you know, Man U lose to Aston Villa and there's this whole thing. It's like, oh, like, you know, same old Man U. But we've seen City lose to those teams as well. But I think the difference is, you know, City is going to show up for those big games like they did with Chelsea. They're like, hey, this is a big game. We're expected to win. Like, we have to win this type of game for sure. You know, and they always kind of bring that energy. With Man U, it's kind of hit or miss in those situations. So, you know, I think that's a little bit the difference. Well, this season so far, United haven't had one of those big games yet. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, they're picking up they're picking up victories against Leeds, uh, draw against Southampton, winning against Wolves, winning against Newcastle. West Ham was a pretty uh, enticing match um, that they had in uh, in the Premier League, and they actually bounced back against West Ham again yeah. midweek against uh, for the EPL. Oh my gosh, for the EPL Cup, the Carabao Cup, and they lost against West Ham <laughs> in that one. Yeah, and then another uh, loss against Aston Villa here on back to back occasions. Yeah. Um. Another game, or the first game, Ronaldo did not score. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I was saying. Uh, Premier League game. Streak streak ended streak for, for CR7 this yeah. week. Um, and they got a big match against Villarreal in the Champions League coming mm-hmm. up. Yeah, we'll talk Champions League in a little bit. They do yeah. have some tough games coming up. Villarreal, Everton, Leicester, mm-hmm. Atlanta, and Atlanta, Liverpool. Atlanta, and Liverpool, and then Tottenham, and then Atlanta again, and some City. That's... <laughs> What a stretch of games here. Yeah, it's very tough. So we'll actually, well, yeah, so we'll say this again. So midweek, Villarreal, and then Everton on the weekend. And then I might be international break again Yeah, for the first week of October. And they come back against uh, Leicester. Atalanta again. Or sorry, Atalanta for, uh, for Champions League. Come back four days later against Liverpool. Come back against Tottenham. Atalanta again. Come back against City. And then against Watford in another yeah. two-week span. So that like, that might be like another international break. So yeah. from the beginning of October to the middle of November, they got City, Tottenham, schedule. Liverpool, Everton, Leicester. Plus, you mix in some Champions League games midweek. Yeah. Might rest some players here and there, prioritize some players here and there. I mean, yeah. Solchar's got a lot, to, a lot on his plate here coming <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. And I think that's maybe what worries me because you're like you know where are they going to drop points whereas you know liverpool chelsea city would probably be like hey this is the week we have to win all these games mm-hmm. like we have to win i know i know united's going like obviously has that mentality too i think it's just tough especially with the amount of signings they made v- very hard to have that kind of cohesiveness <laughs> to grind out kind of a grueling schedule but you know we'll see what happens they could win all of them well Speaking of signings, they have a 73 million pound player on the bench. Jaden. That's barely played almost all season. I know. I I always wonder about what happens with these massive signings, and then you just toss them on the bench. You know, you can compare it to Grealish at City, spent 100 million, he's played every game. Every, every minute, game. almost every game. And doing well. So it's I think it's it, a questionable like I don't know you're trying to ease a player into the side you sign Ronaldo he's been playing every every game so I don't know it has to do with maybe his age um but it's not going to do a lot for his confidence just sitting on the bench and he has to get eased in you know it's a massive signing he obviously wants to play um I don't really see a whole lot of benefit of keeping him on the bench and mm-hmm. you know he's if he's gonna be part of the team, you get. I think it's one of those things. A lot of time you just gotta like throw him in the fire. 
and yeah. just start easing him in if it starts going like really bad. Yeah. I mean, you can never really afford for things to go bad at this level, but I mean, it all. I don't know why he's just kind of. It really comes down to the manager. Like you need a really, really good manager to get like a high profile signing and get him integrated into the squad. Well, you know, Guardiola. I think that's he does get a lot of you know slag. Our city does in general. It's like oh, oil money. They bring in all the best players. Like you know how hard it is to get an ego <laughs> into the team and have them integrated and playing well with everyone else. Super hard. He did it with like Mares could have easily. I I'd be interested to see how many other teams Mars would have went to and flopped. He goes to City, like plays a decent amount, doesn't do well for like the first several weeks, and now he's one of their key yeah. wingers. Same but even, thing. But even now, Mars is coming off the bench. He's barely starting matches because Grealish took that spot, and yeah, Gabriel Gabriel Jesus on the other side has that spot. Well, same with Sterling. Well, I think because they do have Champions League, because I know Sterling and Mars are playing in Champions League. But if you're a player, if you're a world-class player like Mahrez is and Sterling is, wouldn't you feel... I, I would feel pissed if I'm playing every three or four weeks for just Champions League matches. Yeah, Champions League yeah. is huge. But it's Champions League group stage. Yeah. Where like EPL, Premier League, you're playing week in, week out. Like, and that's you're, why, like they have 36 games for Premier League. Yeah. And that's why I think what Pep does is so impressive because he keeps everyone invested even if they're not playing every... So, you know, it's down to him. I don't know what he does to get in their players' heads because they have such a deep... You know, for all you know, Bernardo Silva could, like, not play for two games, but he still goes on play and play gives 100% of the games he does. So, you know... He's low-key, like, really good. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love so Bernardo good. Silva for City. Like, he's, he's like, not like another one of those players who just yeah does his job. Like, whatever he's, like, told to do that day, yeah. he's going to go ahead and do it. Yeah. And you can count on him. Yeah, that's why when Joe told me there was some uh, hints of him maybe going to Milan, I was pissed. But I then it, it fell through. I don't even know if it was true. It might have just been rumors. Yeah, I mean, he would have been huge at Milan. Yeah, wait, Inter or AC Milan? AC. Yeah, yeah, that would have been massive so. there. I think. Yeah, but I think I think it comes down to like the rotation. I mean, they're they're one of the teams that want to win every single trophy every year. The only way I think you can do that at the highest level is to have the the deep team that they have. So I think it's just everyone buying into that system. Um, and, and that's really it. You know, you're not going to play in the EPL. You're going to play in champions league mm-hmm. and Pep's just going to prioritize the team based on what he thinks. But that being said with playing in champions league, we are still so early in it that it's just group stage. And obviously with United losing as young boys is a huge setback for them this early in the tournament. So now they kind of have to climb their way back a little bit mm-hmm. to get back into the league, the top two spots. So what I always find interesting is that when when coaches make changes for tournaments, either Carabao Cup, FA Cup, Champs League, whatever it is, they always make the adjustments like early on in the tournament, and then when it comes to like crunch time, they play the big guys. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. like for and from Sancho's perspective, okay, I'm getting these matches for Carabao Cup. I'm getting these matches for FA Cup. Champions League, sure, I'm starting in this game against young boys. But when it gets to like quarterfinal, semifinal, he might not play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, again, from a confidence standpoint, it's like I've been a part of the team to get us to this point, and now I'm not going to play, mm-hmm. and I'm not playing the Premier League. Why yeah. am I here? Yeah. yeah. And he's still so young. Like he, I don't even know how old yeah. he is, like 21 maybe. Yeah. 
like you got to work him on the side sometimes in these bigger matches. Yeah, like he easily could have started this game over Greenwood. Like Greenwood, he's been he's been in the side almost all uh, all season, I think, in the starting eleven. Um, Pogba as well, obviously. I mean, Pogba's he's Pogba. He's, he's not gonna mm-hmm. go on the bench. If even if he did, he's not gonna go quietly. No. Um, but I mean, just from their perspective, I feel like they could maybe change formation around a little bit. Get yeah. him more involved, like put Pogba in the middle and play four out wide instead. Yeah, and like have Greenwood in the on the wing, Bruno in the middle, Pogba in the middle, Sancho on the wing. You also got Lingard there too. That's not getting time. Martial not getting any time. Both all three players did not come in, in this game. Yeah, like obviously if they would have gone down sooner in the match, like if they would have mm-hmm. got scored against in the seventieth minute, let's say, then I'm sure we would have seen Martial, Lingard, or Sancho. But going down. In the 88th minute, you can't really. Yeah, you know, I don't know those guys on. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't watch this game. I didn't know that was a starting lineup. I'm curious why they didn't play with, you know, a true four three three with three good strikers. Well, they've uh, been playing Ronaldo in that striker spot, but have they been playing? Well, because like, I don't know why up, you just like, don't play the top, like. A, well, I don't know why you don't play a four three three and just put like Pogba, Fernandez, and McTominay in and play with a green with Ronaldo and you know whoever it might be Sancho, Lingard, whoever. I don't know why you have to. Yeah, so we're looking at the the lineup here for United and looking at the formation for the first time. They played a four at the back, two defensive midfielders, three across the middle, and then Ronaldo up top. I mean, Pogba's not going to get wide. No, no. He's so coming into the middle. You're kind of losing that. I mean, Luke Shaw obviously does make overlapping runs like crazy. Yeah. Um, and he's made, he's had a resurgence, man. Since the Euro yeah. Cup, yeah. Luke Shaw has been like on a mission. Yeah. It's to, good to, to see him back. Worth. Basically since Mourinho left. I think because Mourinho <laughs> criticized him for not being a good player. Yeah. Or whatever he said. You know how Mourinho talks and how he doesn't really care. He came out and said like Luke Shaw just like isn't good. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think he's trying to stick it to him. And obviously in, in the Euro Cup, he had a huge uh, impact for, for England. Yeah. And uh, he's trying to continue that for uh, for United this season. But. And it's good to see him back. And it's good to see him back. Bad yeah. uh, injury. Yeah. Way back when against the leg. Like a, did he break his leg. Yeah. Or something he or broke his leg really bad. No, yeah. it was a really bad break, and I think he almost lost his leg. That was for United, right? Yeah. Like when he first signed. Yeah. I think it was like his first season or something. Uh, very early on, um, with his stint with United, but yeah, just really bad tackle against. I forget who they played. Mm-hmm. Champions League match, and yeah, broke his leg, and I guess he almost lost it. But wow. Credit to the the doctors and the surgeons on that. And now he's back mm-hmm. scoring goals in European finals. Yeah, yeah, making a big impact for the team. So <laughs> he clearly gets wide, and that's kind of what United does for their width and attack. I mean, Greenwood gets wide and cuts in, but I mean, Pogba being in that, like just looking at it from mm-hmm. from like a number standpoint and from a tactical standpoint, Pogba is not staying in that spot. No. no, like he's obviously coming to the middle. Yeah, yeah. I would have played. We got four at the back, played McTominay, Fernandez, Pogba in the middle, and then Greenwood, Ronaldo, and, you know, sure, play whoever. Yeah, but, you know, take your pick. but Play whoever on the left side. I think you can go at Villa and attack them, whoever it might be. Plays. I always almost forget that Edison Cavani is on United. I know, eh? <laughs> I mean, he didn't start the season, I don't think. I think he was injured for the it's, first few yeah, matches. Van de Beek as well. <laughs> Donny Van de Beek has been, like, the forgotten puppy for United. Like, I mean, what the heck? Coming in, making that signing last season, like he was talked about, the young resurgence going to be for United. Yeah. yeah, like another part of like that core, and he just hasn't played. 
I don't know if like he's had it with Solskjaer or if he wants to develop it more. He's another player where it's like, okay, let's save this guy for Carabao Cup. Let's save him for yeah, you know, round two of FA Cup. You know, if I'm a young player, I'm before making a big move. I'm really looking at like, okay, who's the manager? You know, has he, you know, has he really taken in young talent and like developed it properly? Like you look at guys like Tuchel, Guardiola, you know. Even some of like the old, like you know, Ancelotti. Even like some of the old, like they they can manage these kind of egos. But you know, yeah, Man United is a big club. But you know, are you really going to get that development from Solskjaer? It might be tough. I know I'd be so frustrated as a player. I mean, like, you got to think it's almost comparable to like hockey here in Canada. Mm-hmm. Like if you're the star of your local team, like whether you're playing for like Junior Spitfires or I don't know, Sun County or something, or Tecumseh Eagles. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. But you're like the star. You're the stud. Mm-hmm. You score 40 goals a season. You get to the next level of competition, and now you're playing with the best players from their town yeah. on your team. Yeah. And you got to crack that side. Mm-hmm. And then, you okay, you get into like the third line. You make you know, get in the second line. And now you get drafted to like another league or something and it's like now you have to play the best players in that territory it's like it's the same thing as like soccer it's just crazy how like you go from being like the stud of your league or stud of your like low division team and now you're playing with like giants of the game yeah and you can barely crack the side yeah it's like that's kind of just weighing your confidence so hard it's just the reality of it really and i know it's nothing new like i mean that happens it's been happening for forever yeah but i mean just i feel like like what's like how young is too young or like how soon is too soon to leave your club to go to like one to go, go like a giant side like United or City or Chelsea or yeah. Barcelona. I mean, un, until you think you're actually good enough to make it, should you leave or should you just well, leave when the money is right? I think you should leave. It really depends. Like I said, who what's their development like? You know, who, you know, is the coaching staff going to be aware of the situation? Like, hey, this is a 20 year old. That's had a big signing. There's a lot of pressure on them. We have to, you know, address the situation as it is versus, you know, playing Van de Beek and Sancho occasionally on Carabao Cups is not the way to ease them into a squad problem. That's not development. I know. That's not how you do it. You know, what development looks like is what happened with Foden at City because he was there for, I don't know, like how long was he technically in the first team? Six, seven years? Could have easily went out on on loan, but Guardiola was like, no, like he's staying here. I know what I'm doing, and now he's you know one of the key guys in the first team. So, as a young player, I'm looking for those situations at a top club. You know, where am I not just going to disappear into the abyss and then like lose you know all my confidence? No, I mean as a manager, you probably want to keep these guys, but as a player, I would even say put me on loan. Yeah, I like would, if I was if I was, if I was Sancho, Van de Beek, I would go on. Loan. Yeah, Van de Beek for sure. <laughs> I would go on loan. for sure, Van de Beek. But even someone like Sancho right now. He's like, what am I doing here? Put me on loan to some Put me on loan back team to in Italy. Go, yeah, <laughs> put me back to Dortmund. I'll actually play like, every single playing? week. I'll make an impact. Yeah, yeah. I know, that's actually not a bad idea. Like, I wonder if they actually can do that. Well, I know they can do that, but I wonder if that's actually like a an option. Yeah, or else they're not just they're not going to get what they need out of them. Just like, like you go from playing thirty five weeks out of the season or whatever it is, thirty games out of the season mm-hmm. with all competitions mixed, to playing like three games in the first ten possible matches yeah like that's gotta be so tough man very yeah. tough and like you're hungry at that age you're 21 years old 
Yeah. Yeah. Last thing you want to be doing is sitting on the bench. I mean, like, a, a, any player like last thing you want to do is be sitting on the bench, but yeah. Um, especially when you make this massive signing. And and I almost so I almost feel like it's unfair sometimes to attach like the transfer fee to the player. Mm-hmm. Like if that makes sense. Like I know like like player value is such a hard thing to actually evaluate mm-hmm. and break down. Right. Because like obviously Sancho was a really good player at Dortmund, but I don't think he was like the best player at Dortmund. Like I don't think he was like the most valuable player to that team. Right. But clearly he was worth 73 million pounds. Yeah. Yeah. But that number isn't based on his performance. That number is based on, mm-hmm. you know, lawyers and agents talking and, yeah. you know, managers talking and all this shit behind the scenes. Yeah. And him, and him being from England, going to Manchester United. Yeah. I mean, everything right. was against him basically for this. <laughs> like it was huge. And it was during the Euro Cup that it happened. You're right. And then obviously what happened in the Euro <laughs> Cup happened yep. in the final. So it's almost like, I mean, 73 million pounds is nothing to slouch at. It's tons of money. But I feel like his actual value is probably less than that. Right. But he's always going to have 73 million pounds attached to his name. Yeah. And it's like, like, why is this guy not playing? Why is he not performing? Why is he not scoring 20 goals for us in a season? Like, he's worth all Mm -hmm. this money. He didn't make that number for himself. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of feel for him in that sense. Because he probably is getting backlash from, you know, the tabloids in England and people behind the scenes. But, I mean, just from us looking at it, like, I'd be so pissed if I was him not being able to play more than he actually is. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens, you know, as the season goes on. Because I do see if, especially him being so young, if things don't start changing and he actually gets into the side, then uh, we'll see if a loan deal happens to get him more integrated with the EPL. Because, you know, people always say that, like, oh, he's got to get used to the EPL. You can't um, get used to the EPL. <laughs> if you don't play in the EPL. You know, yeah. you got you to get in games even, you know, and a good example was, uh, you know, actually Guardiola with uh, Cancelo. Because remember, everyone was like, what the heck? And he played Cancelo, left back too, like, defender. You can't make any mistakes. He played a lot of games on Dean and not did not play well. Right. And now he's, you know, one, crushing it. Key. One of the key guys. So I think that's what Guardiola does well. He gives people a lot of chances on the field, a lot of games, even if they're really like Mars was brutal when he got there. I Make remember against ton, Liverpool and he missed it. Tons PK. of mistakes in but he kept playing kept playing games, even though he was screwing up a lot. Same with Concello. Um and then that's how you get integrated. You just get used to it that way. So credit to that. Man City definitely won that transfer between Cancelo and Danilo. Man City definitely Someone actually they're like, time. what is this signing? Like, was it even an upgrade? Like, what? They got Ch- Cancelo for money and that's it? And now it's like Cancelo's probably yeah. the yeah. best left back. I don't know what the hell Juve was thinking of that one. Yeah. I, I think money was attached to it as well. Yeah. But I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah, Concello. He's sick. Is, <laughs> yeah, no. Well, was he this good at Juve? Uh, he was, but he wasn't used the same way. Yeah, I think he, he just fits into what with, Guardiola does. With Juve, great. they didn't really do many overlapping runs. They didn't get the wingbacks involved as much. Yeah. But, I mean, like, the talent was there. Like, you could see, like, when you're watching, like, you could tell that he was, you know, a good player, like, right. class. But 
he just wasn't used properly. And then obviously going to City, you can, I mean, Pep just plays him. He's that shit up. And just <laughs> he honestly comes in and. You know, he's he's a right right back, right? And the commentators say it all the time, and I love it, how he just comes inside, and sometimes he's playing like a center midfielder sometime, picking up the ball, picking up passes like a center midfielder. And it's like, you know, I don't think, you know, Walker's obviously a very different player than Coachella, so you won't see Walker doing a lot of, that a lot of times. But there's not a lot of teams that can have their right back or even their left back in terms of when City plays uh, Zinchenko. Yeah. You have your outside backs that are capable of playing in the middle of the field, picking up passes and doing that job. So, you know, it's just really, really positive. Jesus is another example. When he was like in uh, Sergio Guerrero's shadow for forever, yeah. Guardiola got him stuck around. And now he, then he was playing number nine, actually scoring like good goals. Now he's like found a new spot on the right side and he's, I know, he's just a right rushing. <laughs> just a right side of the front three, just killing it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure That's who it. won man of the match in the Chelsea City game, but you could have literally picked any player from City. Yeah. Not Ederson because he didn't do anything. But <laughs> like you, most games. You yeah. could have literally picked any from that starting lineup and like just give it to given it to them. Like they played a hands down, like mm-hmm. outstanding match. You have to give credit when credit's due. Absolutely. And the fact that I was so frustrated for almost ninety minutes. <laughs> you don't say. That's credit to, to City. And now yeah. uh how well Pep got the boys uh, ready for that one against Chelsea. Yeah. They got a big match on Tuesday against uh, PSG in the Champions League. Yeah, we'll do Champions League, we'll do a Champions League wrap at the end here. Um, just two more games to maybe get to. Leicester and Burnley. Uh, we just talked Leicester because they have been uh, top five side the last couple seasons. Clearly this year that's not the case. Sitting down 13th. They've had some... Matches of late go against them, uh, coming off a draw and two losses. Um, I don't know what's going on for Brandon Rogers here in the boys, but they're just not performing well. Yeah, I don't think their previous matches have been anything crazy. Like, they haven't played, you know, one of the big sides yet, I don't believe. So that's that's what's more worrisome. They're just dropping points against, you know, I mean, Brighton, I guess. <laughs> they lost to... <laughs> like, goes top of the table, so that's a different story. They lost to City, sorry, in September. Yeah, City in September. Early September. You know, drop points to West Ham, who's also doing well. That's what I mean. That's what I was saying to Santa. Like, it's so competitive this year. You know, you look at the top... Oh, they lost to Chelsea as well. But you look at the top 13 teams. <laughs> 13. <laughs> and it's just all, you know, maybe... You know, Watford, yeah, maybe not so much. Villa, well, I I just go to top top eight. Yeah, the top eight separated by four points. Yeah, yeah, very tight. Like you go to you go to Villa in oh sorry you go to West Ham in seventh, and they're one win away from being the top. Yeah, in seventh place, and there's a whole slew of teams mm-hmm. in that uh, in that area between them. Yeah, um, it's always exciting to see how much the table changes. Oh, yeah, huge. early in the season. I mean, like, what a positive result for Burnley, too, coming against City. Or coming against Leicester. Uh, yeah. They've definitely been a bottom feeder side, uh, to say the least. Yeah, right right above Norwich, who's having worst-case scenario happen. Yeah. When you're right above Norwich, and that's how you're described, you're not doing very well. No. When Norwich is 0-6. And two goals for 16 against. Yeah. Nothing but losses in six games. I mean, Burnley basically doubled their goal-scoring for the whole season in this match by scoring only two goals. Right. So that just has to go, that just shows uh, 
how not well they're doing this season. But yeah, to go to the King Power and come up with a positive result like that, um, and almost snatching a late winner at the end, uh, ruled out Devar, which was actually correct. Yeah, this, this time, time I, got say, it right. I can't yeah. say anything about VAR this uh, this week. No, no, no crazy VAR stories um, this week, which is good to see. But all good for Burnley. I mean, they're one of those sides that when they play at home at Turf Moor, they're always going to play you aggressive. Right. And the the crowd behind them is like huge for their team. Um, obviously, not picking up a win this season is not the best uh, thing that they want going for them, but. You know, there's tons of season left, and I, again, like looking at the relegation battle, kind of same thing at the top. From 20 to 14th, it's only separated by six points. Right. I mean, I say 20th, which is Norwich. Let's get Norwich out of there. From 19th <laughs> to 14th, it's only separated by four points. So, I mean, any yeah. of these bottom sides can just like get one win, and then you're, you know, three points, four points clear of relegation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of work to be done. I think. Lesser, you know, now with the standards they set, they want to finish in, in Champions League. Um, so it could be very tough with how well everyone's playing. Yeah, they got to climb back. They got to crawl back, actually. Yeah, so I think it's going to be a tough season for them. You know, I don't really see them getting into Champions League with their performances so far and how well everyone else is doing. But can't ever rule them out, you know, especially this early in the season. Um, but with Burnley at the bottom... You know, obviously, really early to say about relegation because that's gonna—it's really a scrap till the end of the season. Um, they just got to turn it around. You know, I am—I'm a little surprised to see Leeds down there, um, just because of you know how well they play their games and really kind of the heart they bring to all their games and the fans they have. You know, I'm rooting for them to stay in just because I, I really enjoy watching them play. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's gonna be tough. And just gotta pick up some some wins and get some momentum going. Yeah. To be fair, they they haven't had the easiest start, but they played Man U, Everton, Liverpool, you know, West Ham as well. Who's apparently apparently <laughs> West Ham's top team. We gotta start talking about West Ham being like yeah. a top side the way they're playing. I mean, yeah. they have David Moyes. He's no stranger to you know taking the team hanging around the top. You know how many times did Everton finish just outside? Yeah, the Everton, yep. those Everton days. <laughs> those those were the days. And they have Mikel Antonio. Yeah. There you my go. New, my new favorite player. <laughs> West Ham fan, Mikel Antonio jersey coming up next. Here we go. I don't know. Don't tempt me. They don't have a jersey, but I'll, I'll get a Hammers, Hammers tee. <laughs> get a third kit and it might be like a shirt. <laughs> if I get a West third Ham. kit for West Ham, it's probably going to be some like weird lime green color. I actually don't know what I'm not a big fan is. of the third kid sometimes. Like you know, I, I feel like it's it more be, of like it's a, so hit or miss. Oh, there, there's actually pretty nice. Yeah, the black one. Yeah, it's a, it's almost looks exactly like cities. Yeah, it does. Well, well the, it's like the home same kid color. Black. Yeah, cities has the. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you, you can get a, you can get a real hit or miss third kit. You can. I mean, there's a couple of ones that Chelsea have had in the past where I'm like, ooh. I don't know about that one. Yeah. They make it, I think, so it's so... In the event, they really need a different color. Yeah, well, Chelsea's blue and white. That's what Chelsea is. But they rock the yellow sometimes. They've done, like, a red dominant one almost before. They've seen, like, orange with Chelsea. I'm like, what is going on here? Not my cup of tea when you go that far away from the, you know, the tradition. I mean, I I know they got to mix it up a little bit just to be completely different. 
Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen Juventus's jersey this year? Their away jersey? I uh, have not. No. Real, uh, I'll look it up. I'll show you right now. <laughs> it's a howler, man. <laughs> Looking up jerseys here. I mean, we could spend a whole two hours on doing this. Oh, geez. oh, yes, I have seen this. That's that is crazy. For everyone listening, look up uh, Juventus so third kit. Is that their like... what's four XC? Is that on the other jerseys? Well, so I think it's like a four by four, or not four by. <laughs> that doesn't look G, like a four. four. By four. Uh, <laughs> it looks, it's their third kit. I thought it was their actual wager. What is it a four? It looks like a F one like. I mean, if that was an F one jersey, that would suit. actually be pretty sweet. But <laughs> yeah, it's not. But no, that's a soccer kit. Yeah, I'm not a fan. No, I'm not a fan either. I mean, I again, and I get it, trying to be all outside the box and different. I mean, their away kit's not that bad. Yeah, that's pretty nice. I mean, you just gotta go like neutral color here. Like, that's fine. That's actually very nice. Yeah. What is? I don't know what Forex is yet. One sec. I think it's just like I think there's promoting like, some Jeep brand because Jeep's are their title sponsor. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, that is. But it doesn't else. really like the Forex. It doesn't really fit well. No, the the one on, when it's on the <laughs> the yellow one. Oh, it's terrible. It looks. Oh, it reminds me of something from Sega Saturn or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's something straight yeah. out of the '90s. I'll oh, it's that. a type of Jeep Wrangler, I think. Yeah, even this one, like from last season, like the orange, like camo or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. City when City had the City like germ jersey. Do you see their pink one? Oh yeah, the pink, the pink. Jerseys. Yeah, those are nice. Even Lester had a pink jersey that were kind of nice. Yeah, actually, those too. were interesting, but they were actually pretty sweet. Man, I can go on Jersey Talk for, for I know. days. Honestly, well, especially with, I feel like the bigger clubs. That's the Chelsea one you're looking at? Yeah. <laughs> that like one they is They try nuts. and get like super extreme. Um, like I go back to Leeds. I think Leeds have the nicest white kits in the in Leeds. It's just clean. Very clean. Yeah. Like, yeah. Very nice. That's what um, I liked about the Polonia white jerseys. They were just white. <laughs> they were awesome. I think that shout out in the to back Polonia. Here, awesome. Yeah. Back in the Polonia days. Polonia, what, 2018, boys? 2017? Yeah, glory it? days of oh. Polonia. Mm-hmm. That's one to talk about. Winning Windsor District Soccer League. Um, These ones. <laughs> forever. These ones were nuts. Which ones, Joe? Uh, the, the When City had the pink ones with like the oh, bacteria right. in the background. The bacteria. Or, well, I don't know. <laughs> Let me uh, see. Show me. Show me. Peter. This one? Right, oh, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know if anyone here remembers, but uh, what was it? What year is 2020 to 21 Paisley. Last season. Paisley third kit. It's last season. Yeah. They probably didn't rock those very much. I mean, they're not brutal. Season, it's but... just you look closely at it. Yeah, and it's just very I'm not entirely sure what. <laughs> yeah, but we can go on for Jersey Talk yeah, forever. Okay. Yeah, that, we're can gonna we be, that might be like a separate, you know, <laughs> a separate gonna... podcast or something like a. Episode seven point five or something. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Episode seven point three. Uh, just in case jerseys. anyone. Last thing we're gonna say on Jersey. Just in case what I just found out. Paisley's actually like a type. It's a design. It's a type of design. Yeah. <laughs> it's on like scarves and stuff. <laughs> Did not scarves and yeah. I, All right. I know Paisley. I'll buy it. Paisley ties. It's actually pretty cool. But I think I, have a, I think I got a Paisley tie or two in the closet there. New um, discovery. Last match. <laughs> we always save them to the end. <laughs> no matter who they're playing, <laughs> no matter what the result is, we always got a story for them. Arsenal, Tottenham, Arsenal, Tottenham. London Derby, the big one. Good Arsenal news. Come away three one. Oh I mean, gosh. I texted the boys earlier. I said no tripping Arsenal on this podcast tonight. Might be the first. No, they looked 
dominant. Like, they looked very good. You would not have guessed the season they've had so far from this game. Yeah. Um, they look like kind of the Arsenal of old here. Mm-hmm. I mean, that Saka was playing really well. Um, good to see his confidence <laughs> back up after Europe. But yeah, they they looked really well going forward. They scored in the thirteenth uh, minute here, and you know from there they just started creating chances, and they were just really positive going forward. Yeah, it's just very strange. Like, Tottenham just feel like they're missing that spark. You know, obviously with Kane, they're, you know, as much as he came out and said, you know, oh, it's, I'm here, I'm committed, whatever it might be, you can just tell there's that spark missing. Yeah. One from him and two, they're just missing something in the middle of the field. They have no creativity whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, it's it's almost one of those things where you're missing Ericsson. Oh, I was um, just going to say that link of play. They need an area. They didn't fill that role. No, they didn't, fill that role. They didn't replace it. I mean, Holbier, he's, he's been impressive since he's been at Tottenham, but he's, he's not your player. You know, he's more of the, the workhorse in the middle. Like he's not going to yeah. see a 40 yard through pass. Probably. Yeah. He's like, a, years, you know, he's like a Kovacic or yeah. I always just refer things back to Chelsea. That's what yeah. I know. The most no, about. he is exactly. He's like a Kovacic. Kovacic. Uh, I wouldn't say he's in goal Conte level. Cause I think Conte is Conte's his own, <laughs> level. His, his, own level. his own thing. But he plays that kind of way. Like right. he's, he's a he's an aggressive body, defensive minded. Yeah, he can strike one, which is you know he doesn't do very often, but he can hit one pretty good. Yeah, when he has the chance. But uh, he's yeah, you're not looking to him to play like you said, like a forty yard ball mm-hmm. through the middle or right. go on a darting run mm-hmm. and beat a couple of players. I know Son is that kind of player for for Tottenham, but he plays. He doesn't come to the middle very often. Like he no, plays no. so wide. Like he hugs the line. Yeah, he wants to use his pace and run at defenders because uh, he does it really well, right? Exactly, but it's just, it's just unfortunate because that style of player doesn't do very well in the middle of the pitch, but if they give him the opportunity, he can maybe just get on the ball more often and just use his pace to create. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he would lack defensively maybe or like lack strength in the middle Yeah. if you do put him in that spot. But just try something different. I mean, yeah. I mean, they they did have a few chances. Um, Kane, you know, he had that that header that I think you got at least put on target, uh, and he had that chance to uh, to just you know mm-hmm. get on that half break he had. Um, but yeah, I mean, Arsenal looked really positive, and it's good to see. So they're out of the bottom with <laughs> with three three wins in a row, bringing them the ninth yeah, place, seriously. and they are. They're above Tottenham with this win. I mean, did we see this coming? I did not. Like, for the amount that we've talked to Arsenal in this pod and, like, for the amount that we've Ooh, criticized them. That was them. a crazy save. Yeah, Rams still at the end there. Pumped up here. <laughs> yeah, Rams was a sick keeper, man. He's going to be one to watch mm. for them. Yeah. Like, he's a player that I could see just being there for, like, a long time. What a save. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, really oh. solid for them. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of potential. But um, yeah, like I was going to say, like I was trying to say, for the amount that we've criticized Arsenal on this pod, and for the amount that we've like not shown any confidence in them, <laughs> and you know, saying how they had to rebuild and they're not going to get any positive results, they've shut us up the last two weeks. I know yeah. their last game was against Norwich, which was like, mm-hmm. yeah, which it's Norwich not, at yeah. the time it was a very bottom bottom of the table. It was but, a huge relegation battle last mm-hmm. time we talked about Arsenal. Yeah, positively. Um, you know, 
but they got a decent this manager. game this game man they they turn it on its head yeah and they oh. were favorites going in uh to this game which i thought was interesting uh, and you know it, it goes to show that uh they still got something to prove especially in the derby um it will be interesting to see how they they take this win um going forward this is massive for them and you know bombing got to start he got a goal which you know he's probably the happiest player on the planet right now mm-hmm. yeah he played really well this game yeah um like we said before a player like him you know exactly what you're getting and it right. all just comes down to service like if you're able to provide a ball to these players like saga had probably his best game of the season yeah mm-hmm. like clearly he scored i picked up an assist on the Smith Row goal, I believe. Yep. And like I said, scoring himself is huge for his confidence. But if you give him the opportunity to go forward and create, I mean, he's a player who, again, is like looking to build confidence. He's looking to make his impact and make himself known in the side. I think he's going to be, I mean, he's, he's already number seven yeah. for their squad. You know, he's already rocking kit number seven. So he's going to be there for a long time. He's a player who I feel like is comparable to Sancho, maybe, in yeah. United perspective, mm-hmm. where it's like he comes to the side, he's highly touted, young enough to still be able to be a youthful presence, but he's playing for the national side now, too, so he's gaining some confidence that way. Yeah. But he's given the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, Arsenal is not United. Yeah. Clearly. Mm-hmm. And the same position is being fulfilled by, by uh, Mason Greenwood. When it comes to United, yeah, but I mean, you, if you give these players a chance to perform, I mean, they can surprise you. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think that's, you know, he's got his first goal. That's going to be huge for his confidence. The longer a player like Sancho goes without playing, and the longer he goes without scoring a goal, it's just going to completely backfire. You know, it's not going to be successful. Uh, I mean, so I'm not. Even, I'm sense. not even a United fan, and I, it hurts me to watch. I know. It's like every single game <laughs> I tune in. Did Sancho play? Did Sancho play? Did Sancho play? Because I'm a I'm a Sancho fan. Yeah. But I mean, he's just wasting away on the bench, you ha- man. You have to just, like Santo said, toss him into the fire. Yeah. Let him. You know, you can't put a player like that on the field. It's like, oh, he made a mistake. Let's take him out. You know, you know how many mistakes. United players mess up, especially in big games. You know, you have to toss him in the fire. Let the team, you know, pick him up and build around him. You know, kind of help with his development. But, you know, sticking him on the bench and putting him in FA Cup games and Champions League or, you know, those kind of games. <laughs> Waiting for him to just, you know, go to an 11 out of 10 <laughs> so that he can make the first team. It's not really how it works. Yeah, I'm not saying to start him in the United I know. in the Manchester Derby or anything, but I mean give him some time to actually Yeah, start him for a game. Make an appearance here. Where, yeah. I don't even know who they're playing against next. United? Yeah. Uh, I mean start him against whoever uh, it might be. Give him like, you know, sixty minutes and see what happens. See so United has did we just talk about it? Didn't we just say who they Yeah, got? they got Everton. Everton. Yeah. That's a game that he could play. You know, it's going to be a big game. You know, that's the kind of, like, go, go back to Pep. That's a game he would start Mares or Foden or Cancelo when they first get here. You know, hey, it's a big game. You know, nothing's going to get you ready then <laughs> Yeah, going yeah. to this big game. I mean, they do have Champions League midweek, so he might make an appearance there. 
Mm-hmm. But like we said before, like they've already lost their first match in the group stage. They have to. So win this one. coming back, you kind of have to start, you know, picking up the points here. Yep. Um, I was gonna mention before when we were talking about Leicester and actually how far they were down the table already. I think it's funny when people always say like, "Oh, it's only beginning of the season." Like, it's not the points. It's not the points don't matter. But they say, "Oh, it's just the beginning of the season." Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're only six points off. These beginning of the season games are so big, yeah, because it gives you the opportunity to maybe draw points in the season because yeah. you don't know how the year is going to go. Yeah, like you have no idea how injuries are going to go, loss of form is going to go. I mean, the further you progress into tournaments, the more games you play, and the more you have to player manage and mm-hmm. you know slot guys in different positions for different matches. So it's like if you can rally off like you know 10 wins in the first 13 yeah. 14 games or something whatever it is that's huge yeah and it's like the season it gives you that cushion yeah and it gives you like solid momentum going forward and you have something to work off of because you know it's obviously better to start good than bad mm-hmm. um but i do think maybe sometimes you have fans uh with their clubs hide behind the like oh it's early in the season which it is true um, but it's still really important. Yeah. I mean, you want to start off as well as you can. Um, so you got to treat every game like it's a must win, really, because every game is a must win. Yeah, big time. And especially now when it comes to Champions League, in the United's case, they have to start picking up the victories. Um, looking into the European Cup this week from the English contingent. All right, got some doozies. Big one here, PSG Man City. Yeah, on it's... Tuesday, Liverpool and Porto on Tuesday, and then we got Chelsea Juve on Wednesday, and United and Villarreal on Wednesday. Where do you guys want to hit first? <laughs> well, PSG game has been uh, touted about for a while, especially with the big moves to PSG. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how how Messi shows up against City with all the rumors about him going to City. I don't know how how much of that was actually true when all the transfer talk was going on. But we'll see how uh, he copes with City, who's in top form right now. I think City is going to win this game. I would say, you know, I think it's, like I said at the beginning of the season, it's going to be very tough for these, you know, group of high signings to (laughs) get along. (laughs) I know they're professionals. They can probably do it. But, you know, I'm pumped to see Donnarumma in that. He's not playing. (laughs) Oh, he's not playing? He hasn't played much. What? Yeah. I just got a text from an unnamed source saying that Don Ruma is barely playing. And it's been Keeler Navas in, in net instead. I don't even know if he's made an appearance yet. Very strange. Big, you know, big money transfer for him. And like That's what I mean. When you're you really gotta pay attention. I know Pochettino's a good coach, so we'll see. Uh, where is did Messi is Messi hurt? He hasn't played. Yeah, uh, he hasn't played uh, on the weekend, I believe. So I think Verratti and Messi have both been out the last uh, game or so, maybe the last couple of weeks. But they both have returned to training ahead of the the game against City for this week. Okay. Um, I mean, hopefully they make an appearance. Obviously, that's what we tune in for. Yeah. Uh, let's see how PSG is doing in the table. Oh, they're eight wins. I mean, that's the thing, you know, 
the well, yeah, I mean, besides they're, last they're year, they're clear and far away. When they didn't even who I don't even think they won last year. No, they didn't. Uh, Leal Leal yeah, won last Lille year, won. And, and Leal's not even close to the top of the table right now. PSG is eight and zero to start the season in league. Uh, twenty-two goals, four seven against, like nine points solid. ahead or already second place. So I mean, clearly the Messi effect. <laughs> And the Sergio Ramos effect. Yeah, probably and more so the, the Messi Donnarumma effect. And the Donnarumma and who else they got? Well, I don't think Messi's even scored. They got Wijnaldum. Messi hasn't even Wijnaldum, scored Wijnaldum, yeah. You know. Uh, Hakimi from, from Inter. Yeah. I don't even think. Those are the five. Jesus. Five the fab, fab five signings for, for PSG. Has in the Messi season. scored yet for PSG? I don't think so. Um, I don't think he has. Which is, I saw Jeff, you know, Messi. Score four games or goals. Ronaldo four games, three goals. Oh, who's better? Who's the goat? Yeah, who's, yeah. who's the actual goat? Which will? Well, I mean, PSG's got four of the guys that can yeah snipe for them. So we'll see. I still think City's going to win this game. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. You know, yeah, PSG at home. It's not really what they tied Club Rouge. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um. Next match is Porto Liverpool in Porto. Uh, Liverpool coming off that big win against Milan week one or uh, round one, I guess, of the groups. Mm-hmm. Um, tighter game than we both than we all thought was going to happen. Yeah, with Liverpool Milan. But I mean, I'm going to go with the draw. You still got to find a way to win. I right? know. Yeah, I'm going to go with the draw on this one. Really? Thinking to draw. Yeah, I mean they tied Atletico. You know, they've you know, they're in Porto. Liverpool wasn't that convincing against AC. You know, they obviously played well, but you know, I don't know. I'm going with the draw. And Porto's coming off a champion semifinal too. Yeah. Against Chelsea. So mm-hmm. they have the pedigree. I mean they have the they have the experience now, I guess, in European competition. That's the thing, too, man. It's like you, it's such different play, mm-hmm. right? Than, than just like just playing a Premier League match or playing like your regular season match. Yeah. When you're in Europa League or when you're in Champions League, it's almost like the tactics kind of go to waste from whatever you just did previous. And it's a completely new game plan depending on who you're playing yeah. or whatever the circumstances are. I mean, sometimes it's, you know, teams. And stadiums sometimes you've never been to before. Completely foreign yeah, ground. It's very so new. very tough. Yeah, so we'll see how, how Liverpool or which Liverpool shows up to this game. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like Liverpool's depth isn't as good as other Premier League sides. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I mean, like the way that they play with the top three of either uh Firmino, Mane, or Salah. One of those three, or almost like two of those three guys, still make it into the side mm-hmm. because it's like you can't replace three or three, you know, yeah. for these off matches for an off Premier League match. Yeah, I was kind of surprised actually, like for for match day one of the of this tournament, that so many sides did play their top guns. Like, there's yeah. a lot of guys that played that started that I didn't think were going to start. Yeah, like I didn't think Ronaldo was going to start against Young Boys. Yeah, I think Liverpool came out with. Mane and Salah in the in the first match yeah. against Milan. Um, and even Chelsea, like Lukaku started and Mason Mount and like all the big guys, Aspetaqueta. Like, I was kind of surprised, like seeing that it was week one. I keep I keep changing what it's called. Match day one, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, seeing that it was just match day one, I was kind of surprised to see all you know all these 
you know, high profile guys still making starts this early in the season because like they've already played so much. Yeah. And even like having an international break, everyone who's playing in Champions League is most than likely playing. Yeah, they're playing during the international break. Yeah. I mean, they have had a week off yet since August. Yeah, it's been a while. So I was kind of surprised that so many high profile players were making the starts to their sides um, in Champions League. We'll see if it happens again. Yeah. Obviously, game one is huge just to get momentum going and like get some points solidified for your side. But I feel like match two is like kind of the make or break of how you're going to go. Because if mm-hmm. you did drop points, then you're going to play that extra hard. If you did win, then maybe you get more complacent and you're playing against like a lower size. So you kind of might, might take the night off a little bit. Yeah. And just how you play, you, know, you might lose or you might draw. And other side can come in and like jump you and everything. It's like that. So, I mean, that's why we love these. That's why we love the sport. That's why yeah, we that's love why. these tournaments. Yeah, tournaments mm-hmm. though. And I mean, it gives the opportunity to, for, you know, aside from Moldova to mm-hmm. come in and, you know, mm-hmm. get a positive result against you or aside from, you know, Croatia or yeah. Liechtenstein. I don't even know what the hell's going I'm on. Banking on what's that team? Sheriff. They're playing Real Madrid. Yeah. That's huge. <laughs> huge. See, if, see huge. if they get a result. Where's that game at? Real. At Real. At Real, man, for those players, whoever thought, like, aside from Moldova, is going to go play. The, is that where they're from? The, yeah. Like, where is Sheriff from? Moldova. <laughs> I love how it's they're called Sheriff and they have a Sheriff stars around one. But what else are you going to put there, Joe? I don't know. A picture of a whale? No, it's awesome. Look at this last game they won. They won 7 0. This team's a, this team's on fire. Dynamite, Dynamo Auto, no. Not very no good. No symbol. <laughs> Which team? Moldova. They are from Moldova. That's what I said. They're third place right now. I love how... Go Moldova. Back, go back to the table. I Moldova love. coming off a huge win, 7-0 against Dinamo Ato. Yeah. Coming off a 4-0 win against Floresti. Floresti, yeah. And then Zimru. And then they beat Shakhtar, too, in match day one. There you go. Champions League. So, I mean, Sheriff is nothing to, to laugh at there, Joe. I'm not, I'm not saying... <laughs> they're great I think you're just laughing at the fact that most of the teams in the Moldovan League don't have like a don't team have, crest they don't Sheriff. have a team crest and then Sheriff just has the best team crest <laughs> Sheriff's not even the first place team in the Moldovan League there's only, there's only eight teams <laughs> this is like senior men's premier division I like, can't get over the fact that they're the only played a got a spread between playing 8 and playing 12 so far in the Moldovan League here that's wicked I've heard of this team before I have Elfsbrook is this? Are they sweat? Are they uh, Swedish? Elfsburg. They're Swedish. I've heard of Elfsburg before. I think yeah. they've made Europa or Champions League before. I've I've seen that crest and that name. If okay, Elfsburg. Guys, tune in next week when you break down the Moldova. Uh, <laughs> Moldova national all eight, all eight teams. Here. All eight teams. All flourishes. We're each gonna take very poor. three teams. Well, each gonna take two teams, <sighs> and then I'll take an extra. And we're going to break down the Moldovan division. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I guess, shout like, out to Sheriff. Yeah, like it's, I said, that's why we love, you know, these tournaments. I mean, there's like these sides out of nowhere can just come in, make an impact, make a name for themselves. And you got Moldova, play, you got the Sheriff playing against Real Madrid. I hope. At oh, the Bernabeu. So. <laughs> just the scenes if they win, that'd be amazing. First place Sheriff, I might add, in uh, this Champions League group. Yeah, I mean, they shocked our... <laughs> he's been around he's been around you know they've right. been there uh, next game on Wednesday Juve and Chelsea 
The Eorio House Derby. Yeah. <laughs> wear um, the jersey. <laughs> no, your dad's going to wear his. I think given the way Juventus have been playing, Chelsea's yeah. is going to win this Could one. Could be a very think. comfortable win. Yeah, I'm going with like 2-0 Chelsea win. Yeah, I mean, I wish I wish that happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Juve uh, is coming off uh, two wins. Two wins and a draw. A draw against Milan, which was pretty big for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a Champions League win against Malmo, which I think you would expect them to win. Right. But, yeah, not the best of seasons for Juve so far, but getting a little bit of momentum here at the end of uh, September. So we'll see. But, you know, Chelsea is going to be one of the biggest tests that they've they've had in, uh, in their last few games. The one thing I will say, though, is I'm pretty sure Juve's defense could shut down Lukaku the same way City did. And, you know, without that, I think Chelsea could struggle. Well, we've seen it happen before, just recently in the European Cup, mm. with Italy playing against Belgium. Yeah, nothing. Right? You had Kylian really Bonucci shut down Lukaku. Yeah. He had a few chances, but Don Rumo is obviously there to to prevent that from going in. But, um, but I feel like as a whole, Chelsea is better than Juve. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, defensively, like you do have, like, you know, two towers in the back that have you know legendary players have been around since i can remember but as a whole defensively midfield attack i think chelsea is like far and ahead above juve Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say juventus is in like a rebuilding stage but Mm -hmm. even when they had ronaldo the last couple seasons they didn't have that extra like oomph going forward or they didn't have like that extra they didn't have that extra, like, you know, just attack, or they didn't have that extra player. Everything was filtered through Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the numbers show, they show like, exactly what I'm talking about. Like, last season, he either scored or contributed in, like, 29 goals for Juve, just in this, just in the, in the Serie A. Yeah. The next closest was, like, six. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you don't fill that void, and clearly, like, this season, they've started off a little slow. Yeah. Um. In Syria, yeah, they've they dropped two games already. Yes, they've won two, but I mean it was against Spezia and Sampdoria, which are games they expect to win. And then coming off the Milan uh, draw, that might have been the momentum that they need going forward to kind of excel them and push them a little bit further into Syria. Mm-hmm. But we were just talking about it with Leicester, with Leicester City. They've already dropped points. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're where are they at? They're in ninth place, you know, they're already 10 points back from Napoli in yeah. first. They're already eight points back from Milan. Like, once once you go down, it's so much harder to climb. Yeah. And totally you know, agree. we've seen it so many times. Like, when is the last time you saw a, a team crawl up from 10 points Yeah, to win a title? Very tough. Or to even, like, you know, get in Europa League or Champions League. You have to win all your big games. Yeah. <laughs> you have to win every single one of those. I mean, it is tough. Like City last year, they had a terrible start. Yeah, um, and they just and then but they just crawled back after Christmas. But last year was like the biggest outlier possible because that was COVID. Yeah, and that's like the that thing. was like that affected so many different things. Yeah, I don't know if they would have won if it was wasn't for COVID. What might have been tough? Yeah, like all the different matches that took place and all the different players that dropped because of injury or dropped because of actual coming in contact with COVID. I mean, like, I think City got away pretty good mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, obviously, everyone kind of handled it differently, and like, within their own 
camp of how they, you know, dealt with COVID and what they could do. But I mean, City last year, yeah, clearly they they rose above everybody else and they were able to to come out from from the Christmas break and just excel in the second half of the season. Yeah. yeah. But in a non-COVID year, when everything's kind of back to normal, a I, ten-point yeah. gap from ninth to first is a ten-point gap from ninth to first. Yeah, I I really don't see that happening with Juve, especially because, like you said, they don't have that that person that can fill that void of Ronaldo and get you goals and really deliver week in and week out. And we just kind of commented on the defense maybe preventing Lukaku from doing anything. They've given up ten goals a season already. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're bottom, bottom five or bottom six in goals against so far this year. So, I mean, clearly they're not the UV that we are accustomed <laughs> to not seeing. Not the whole UV. You know, they score like eighty goals and give up seven. So, yeah. Um, clearly they can score. We can score against this side. Uh, I think Chelsea are going to really have to bounce back here. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Tuchel put out a more attacking and aggressive lineup because I think. I don't think that Chelsea has to defend as hard as they did against mm. City in this match against Juve. Yeah, yeah, yeah they have. Like, Dybala is actually not playing this match. I just saw that earlier. Dybala has got picked up an injury last game against Sampdoria, so he's going to be out. But then you have Murata and Chiesa. Um, I'm not even sure if like Weston McKinney is playing or not. Uh, he's like another tagging player for Juve. But these yeah, aren't names it. that you're scared of. Yeah, you know. Everyone else on Juve is kind of more of like, or Moise Keane's actually there still. He's came back to to Juve from from Everton, but I mean he's not a player that you mm-hmm. you read that name and you get scared. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Morata's really gonna have to step up, um, and you know try and do uh, what Ronaldo would have done. <laughs> they were playing Chelsea, and you know try and find a way to score. But I think it's going to be really tough for them. Yeah, to I honest. think it's going to be more like I know Juventus at home. I think it's going to be more Chelsea dominating possession. Juve, not sure what their game plan is. They might soak up pressure and try and get them on the counter, but we'll see. But it's going to be very, very tough. Uh, the last match that involves an English side is United via Real. Both teams dropping points in their first match. Uh, via Real coming. Away with the draw against Atalanta, two-two draw, and you know clearly with that last ninetieth uh, minute goal against against Young Boys really put them behind the eight ball here going into the second game of the of the group stage here. Yeah, a uh, match to be played at Old Trafford. Mm-hmm. Like we said, this is a huge game for them. Um, obviously losing your first game, <laughs> you don't want to do that. No. Especially when it's a game you would have expected. Yeah, to yeah that's against... I mean, we came out, you know, the first first week of the podcast, I think, we kind of broke down some of the Champions League games, and we said that young boys would probably be the bottom feeder of this group. Yeah. Like, I mean, it wouldn't be surprised if they went 0-6. Or, you yeah. know, picked up a draw here and there. But for them, coming and going with a huge win against arguably the biggest yeah. name of the group. Yep. I mean, that's going to be big for their confidence. So they got this game against Atalanta coming up as well, so... I'm probably it's probably in Italy, uh, yeah, it's in Italy. So, I mean, they won't have the huge home crowd behind them like they did in the first game against United. But from uh, from the Red Devils' standpoint, this is a must-win. Yeah, Definitely. they they won't get out of this group. I don't think they don't win this game. Whew. 
it's yeah, tough. What, bottom of the table if they if lose. If you lose to VR, like you lose two games in the group stage, very tough. And then you're going to go to Atlanta. You got to play them, you know, head to head. Very tough. Very tough. Yeah, like I said, I don't think. To be honest, I really just don't even think Man U is going to come out of this group. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> So. Um, so those are the midweek matches coming back right away. We have the EPL on the weekend, early morning game on Saturday, United Everton, uh, another good one. In that one. Yeah, for sure. Back um, to the days of Sir Alex and David Moyes. Yeah. Man. <laughs> David Moyes brought that Everton team like from nothing. Yeah. Like I knew who Everton was, but like I did I mean, they had Fellaini playing striker. Yeah. And he was like scoring goals, <laughs> so man. Days of Everton with Fellaini. Aaron Lennon. Oh, yeah. Uh, Pinar. Remember Pinar? He was like yeah. a South African. <laughs> so sick. He was so good. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a David Moy special right there. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's the early game on Saturday. Chelsea and Southampton later on that day. Um, and then Arsenal and Brighton. I mean, that could be a good match, too. Mm-hmm. Brighton. Uh, let's just drop a little hint for Brighton. They play tomorrow against Crystal Palace. If they win that game, they're top of the table. Top of the table, the beach. We thought. Who would have thought table. that? Yeah, so we'll see. See what the table looks like Tuesday morning. It would be well, amazing. Late, but amazing to see a team like Brighton in Champions League. <laughs> Can you imagine that, man? Oh man, I mean that's gonna be hard for them to sustain that for the whole season. But you never know. That'd be crazy. <laughs> Ever since the Leicester era, nothing's impossible. Yeah. No. <laughs> um. So that's the Saturday schedule. Moving on to Sunday, we got Tottenham, Aston Villa. Another that's a great game. Uh, West Ham, Brentford. That's actually a good game to look at too. <laughs> Banger, man, man! It's this is actually a really good schedule. Uh, Palace and City. I'm a yeah, huge Palace fan recently. Just like love way that they play. I think Vieira is turning that team around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, they have that game tomorrow against Brighton, so we don't know how it's going to turn out. But uh, if they can come up with a win there, I mean. They'll, you know, be neck and neck with with uh, Leicester City, so that actually would be a huge game. And then, arguably, again, game of the biggest match of the season. City just came off the biggest match of the season, came in with the victory, going on to the next biggest <laughs> match of the season. Next biggest match of the season. Back Liverpool to back, uh, Liverpool and City. Um, that's the Sunday game. Yes, <sighs> man, Very at big. Anfield, mm-hmm. massive game. That's gonna be that's gonna be a huge one to tune into. I think this match here has. Uh, more firepower than the Chelsea game. Like clearly, I was yeah. more invested in this in the Chelsea City match because mm-hmm. of my where my heart goes. Yeah, but um, I think this match here has all the tellings of fireworks. Oh yeah, I mean for for the Chelsea City game to go one nil in City's uh, direction and still be entertaining, this game here can go four three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, there's always there's always something when Liverpool plays City. Especially in the last last few seasons, so it's gonna be super exciting. Uh, definitely gonna be sure to not look at my Instagram <laughs> like with the Chelsea City game to see the score. Uh, gonna keep it on wraps. <laughs> and talk about like managerial rivals too, Ed Klopp mm, and, and Pep. I know you got they just bash heads. Like I love it. Yeah, two iconic signings for for the going whole back, going back game. to the Bundesliga. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's always always gonna be exciting. We'll see how how the teams line up. Um, and it's gonna be very, very exciting. 
Yeah, expect some fireworks in this game for sure. Waiting for another. <laughs> going back to Alexander Arnold handball. Yeah, hopefully Wait, there's no VAR. No drama. VAR drama. No, that's all I. We want a VAR clean, VAR free match. Yeah, this yeah. one. It's probably going to be Mike. I Dean. do. Yeah, I, I know. I, I now that say, we say that it's going to be Mike Dean's going to be the ref. For now sure. that you say that, I'm getting the feeling that there's going to be some, you know. Nonsense going on. I hope it's Michael Oliver. Michael Oliver. No, referee. yeah, no, sorry. It's gonna be no, my, yeah, it's Michael Oliver. That's what I meant. Michael Oliver. He gets all the yeah. the big matches. I swear to God, if I see Mike, if I see, it uh, won't be Mike Dean. Mike Dean's bald head. I swear to God. Um, you got anything else to add here? Uh, no, no. Well, I just, I guess to close this out, I think. I'm gonna go with the city win against Liverpool in this one. I mean, either whatever you say, like, is gonna. I know it could could happen. Means, like, means nothing. From a Chelsea perspective, I want to draw. Oh, draw is great, draw. Chelsea. But I want it, every I, team to draw every match. <laughs> yeah, man, I could see like a draw with controversy somehow. <laughs> draw with controversy, I like it. Yeah. Those honestly. It, one this season, like of Ton Santo, it's particularly competitive. Just like you know, West Ham, Brighton, out of nowhere, Brentford—they're all giving it to these uh, top teams. And, but then just Liverpool, City, and Chelsea—they're just so consistent right now, strong right now. They—they yeah. they all look so so deadly right now. And like so. looking at the table, it's like you know that although it is. Three points from first to seventh, it's not going to finish that way. No, no. Okay. like take your pick at whenever it's going to happen. But you're going to have one, two, three, possibly four teams just pull away and separate. Yeah, and make it a four horse race, make it a two horse race coming down the stretch. Um, so we do love the competitive value that's here right now. Mm-hmm. But I think we have to count our chickens right now because it's going to it's going to get crazy later on. I mean, I it's going to think... be like just we're gonna we're gonna separate. The contenders and the pretenders, yeah, probably on Christmas break. Yeah, I think it will obviously be a three, like Liverpool, City, and Chelsea. I don't see one of them kiboshing their season, so it'll be a three-horse race for the title. I think the Champions League last Champions League spot up for grabs. I don't. I think so. I'm not sure. Man, U has it on lockdown to be honest, and I don't. I don't think Arsenal and Tottenham. Well, we'll see what happens around Christmas, but. Brentford or West Ham or Brighton even if they keep going like this. Brighton Europa would be nice too though. Yeah. That that could be something. <laughs> First appearance in Europe for them. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. I mean even Everton, like I, I like I love how there's like the one side for Europa League too. Mm-hmm. I don't like how the I don't like how in Champions League though, if you finish fourth is it fourth or third? I think it's third. Third yeah, that makes more sense. If you finish third, you get to go to Europa League. Yeah. yeah I don't like that. You already had your shot. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Shot in Champions I, League. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, you already actually. played six matches in, in Champions League. You, you just get to go to Europa League? Like, yeah. That's not cool. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think United have gone through that path a few times and actually won Europa they League. They did, yeah. <laughs> like, you're being rewarded for finishing third. Yeah. Ah, that's just another money grab. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we all good, boys? We're good, yeah. All right, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to episode seven of the footy fans podcast you can catch us on twitter at footy underscore fans p-h-a-n-s 
We also post our podcast up on YouTube. You can search footy fans there and give a listen to whenever you want. And also find us on any podcast platform you have. So for Santo and Joe, I'm Andrew. That is the EPL wrap for this week. And we will tune in next week after all of the week's action. See you, everyone. See you, everybody. Ciao.